Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast sponsored by Overdrive. Emma here, and this is our regular reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow us on social media. We are at Pro Book Nerds on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, although we don't do much on TikTok, so mostly say hi to us on Instagram. I think that's all the spiel. So with that, we're going to kick off this episode. I have fun group with me today. So I'd like to say hello to Holly, Kristen, Maria, and Jane. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> I know all, all five of you at once. Four of, I can't do math. Four of you at once. So we have a lot of our regular librarian guests on today, and we're here to talk about book hype, which is a very general topic, but something I feel like I notice a lot, especially this year. And so I wanted to get some professional opinions uh, from librarians and readers and see what everybody thinks. So I'm going to ask you some questions. And then I know we have some books to toss out that we thought were worth the hype, not worth the hype, and things that we will not read on principle because they are so hyped. (laughs) (laughs) So... For all of you, and this may get confusing because I'm having you all chat at the same time. Do you pay much attention to book hype for your personal reading? Holly's shaking no her one head answers. while we're on a podcast. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I see two people shaking their head. And so I just want to say. Yeah, I, I don't personally, but you know, I also don't have any social media. So the only resources I'm using really are work resources, um, which I do build my TBR from, but I usually don't buy into the hype. I will say that if it's a book that I haven't really heard about and people start talking about it, really curious about it, and that might pull me in. But if book that I just keep seeing everywhere, uh, I am turned off and I don't want to pick up that book. Yeah, I'm the same as Kristen, but I do have to admit when I hear that something has been like optioned for film or movie or like one in like a bidding war, it does kind of pique my interest and I can't help it. I'm always just like, oh, I wonder what the story is there. Um, but then I usually forget about it and move on. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I do that a lot too. I'll like I'll like pay attention to the hype, but then I I forget about it later and then I'm like, eh, I don't know. I feel like I pay attention to the hype in the genres that I like. And I will more, I'm more likely to read a fantasy book that's been hyped um, versus like any other book that's been hyped. So it's like, I don't, I guess I pay attention based on what I already want to read. Yeah. Um, but otherwise I don't really pay attention. I feel. 
Yeah, I do have to say, though, you know, sometimes publishers will be like, you know, this was chosen for Jenna's book club or so-and-so's book club. And there are some of those where I'm like, okay, that's a good endorsement. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I know. I was going to say, yeah, there's, is it Jenna's that you're always like, every book I that love they Jenna's pick, picks. you're like, I'm going to read it. I'm gonna I know. There's so Every single one. Yeah. Yep. So I think we're in an interesting position because we read for work. We are aware of books for work, but then we also obviously enjoy reading in general for pleasure. Do you think that because we're exposed to so many books and things for work, that that does impact our personal reading tastes? Oh, I think so. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like it makes me more resistant to trending titles because I'm just so I feel like when I'm working with library accounts and I'm looking at their holds list and certain titles have so many holds, it makes me like not want to read the title because I'm just like, it's just, yep. it's too much. 100%. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. Although I will say that like starting to work here and talk and just like being around so many different types of books, I've definitely changed like my reading habits though. And I think like sometimes I will like read a book that I wouldn't have before I started working here just because I feel like I have a more open mind about what I read. But um, I don't I don't really know if that has anything to do with hype, though. So I'll stop talking. I hadn't read a romance book until you gals, (laughs) until I started working here and started working with all of you. I um, so, you know, your hype worked your your personal hype worked on me (laughs) yeah I feel like with a lot of people it's if you get a personal record from someone that you know and trust that goes a lot further than like any sort of social media talking about it um I feel like with us again we are reading articles about these things we are hearing from publishers and then on top of that we're hearing from each other so a lot of times for the really big books I I don't have to read it because I've already read about it. I what like library journal has to say. So it kind of becomes redundant where I'm like, no, I feel like I happens in that book. So I'm going to skip it because there are a lot out there and I don't have time to read all of them. Yeah, I think that's true, especially because we hear, I think it's changed the way that I, like the timing of when I read certain books, if that makes sense. So like, I think maybe before this was my job, I would be more inclined to read things like on the day they come out or like, go get it. Now, I think we're a little bit spoiled because we get to read things early in a lot of instances or on the flip side of that, if I get something too early, then I feel like I procrastinate and don't want to read it? Like, yes. do you know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. it's so hyped and you're like, oof, I've got 10 months to read this huge book. This is so cool. And then I like, don't read it. Yes. Yeah. You know what's oh funny? yeah. <laughs> when I hear about a new title, I request it. And I, if I get an advanced copy, mm-hmm. if I don't start it like right away, then I wait. And once it comes out, I feel like I, I've missed my opportunity to read it. Like, I'm just like, oh, well it's out now. So like, what's the yeah. point? <laughs> Which makes yeah. no sense. But like you have to read it like super early yes. so that you're like in the know ahead of time or yes. it's like, a, right, it's a moot point and then it's out. And so you'll just get around to it when yep. you get around to it. Exactly right. That's interesting that 
a lot of us do that. Yeah. And basically (laughs) those titles, I just put on my like Libby wish list, you know, Mm -hmm. like for audio or ebook. And then when I need a read, I go to that list and then I get those ones. And usually it's like a couple years later. And there are often times when it's a couple years later and then I'm like, I should have read this two years ago. What was I thinking? Why did I wait so long? But I think, I think that's true as well. And so Maria, you sort of touched on this already, but I'm curious for the whole group. So will you read books for the hype? Like, and like Maria said, she's more inclined to read them if they're hyped in her preferred genres or like Kristen said, do they get so overexposed that you're like, no, I'm just, I don't need to, I've read enough like media about them. I've seen them everywhere. I don't, I don't need to, or does it depend? That's like 10 questions. <laughs> I've been burned by the hype, as I'm sure we'll get to during this episode when I complain about a book or two. Yes. Um, so that has turned me off to the, you know, big um, media hype type books. Yeah, I, I'd say sometimes I just get like turned off from I'm just like, like James was saying too, you see them all the time when we're in like accounts and they're all, they're on the bestseller list forever and ever. And you're just like, I'm just like, I'm just so sick of hearing about this book. There's no way I could just read this, like spend my time reading this book now. Like I'm already sick of it and I never read it. So I don't know. Yeah. It's like a weird mind game. I'm sure that like my brain plays on me too, but I'm just like, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't want anything to do with it. And I feel, and I also feel like, well, they already have enough success. Like they don't need my readership. So I'll help out an author that might not be, that might be under the radar, you know, like I'm yeah. some benevolent, you know, <laughs> <laughs> some benevolent book. God, yeah. reader oh, goddess. Book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's true because like, as you all said, like we see these books literally every day for our job. Like we see the titles all the time. If we're working with libraries, like you see them on their sites in Libby, you see them when you're in their digital collections. And so I wonder if that's like also that added layer of exposure, like we see them 40 hours a week for our profession. (laughs) So it certainly makes it to where I think we get fatigued maybe quicker than if you're just like scrolling or seeing things out and about. Yeah. So blessing and a curse. Yeah. For sure to things. Mm -hmm. So I want to start by asking folks if they had books that were worth the hype for them, things that were really buzzy, got a lot of like, oh, this is the hottest book of the summer, or like New York Times bestselling, all of those things, like Jenna Pick, Reese Pick, whatever. Which books did you read that were worth the hype for you? I'm going to start with Maria, because you're first on my document. (laughs) Um, the, the one, and I, I don't know if this was, I guess this, this was very hyped and I read it after it had started to be hyped was the house in the cerulean sea by TJ Klune. Um, it was one of those, you know, I read a lot of like dark fantasy or like really intense, like that kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't know about this, like more feel good type thing. Um, and I was like, I'll try it. And I, I loved it so much, um, that I ended up and I, I'm a, should make a disclaimer. I do not like to reread books at all. Like I could count on two hands, the amount of books I've reread in my entire life. Um, and I read this and then like literally a month later was like, I'm going to listen to it. Like, I just loved it so much. I wanted to ingest it in both uh, formats. Um, but yeah, I just thought that um, everybody 
everyone's talking about how it's like it was emotional and but still fun and really touching and just like a way to write fantasy and type of like almost like relationship like growth fiction um in such a way that it was compelling and i i totally agree um i just finished tj clune's second book as well which i'm also very behind on and that as a sophomore like major novel goes i know he's written like a bunch of other stuff um but that also lived up to the hype because i was like there's no way i could love this as much as the house and cerulean sea and then i'm like crying at my on my couch um like just like oh my god so anyway i i it is such a good book and i i thought it was uh well hyped i've heard so many good things from everyone about that so i think that's definitely one that will live up to the hype what about you holly so mine um (laughs) i'm gonna harken back to a potty episode i did in june with joe about pride picks. Um, so the book that lived up to my own personal hype that I am currently still reading is Camp Damascus by Chuck Tingle. Um, I know Kristen yes. has already finished this one. Um, she and I have a date next week to talk about it when I finally finish it. I'm trying not to plow through it. Um, cause I've, I'm known to do that. If I really get hooked on a book, I'll finish it in one night. Um, but, you know, I didn't want to do this one in a day. It's not what I expected. Um, you know, I had read the summary and things like that from the publisher before it came out this summer and sort of had one idea about the way the plot line would go. And that is not at all what Dr. Chuck Tingle has done here. <laughs> so it's been really exciting to sort of see as we go um, not necessarily like timeline changes, but the realizations that the main character is having about what has happened to her, um, and then discovering how and why it has happened, the changing relationships between her and her parents. Um, I don't want to give too much away, um, about the premise. It, it's a queer novel. But I don't want to say any specifics about um, who's doing what in the book, but um, I can't wait to finish it. This one is definitely, and if any listeners have uh, engaged with Chuck Tingle's other content, it's it's delightful and it's fun, but um, maybe could use some editing. Some of those novellas could have used another couple of sets of eyes on them. Um, which is not me disparaging the author. I love him. We need him. But this um, is a really great effort. Great storytelling, great characters. Um, So I highly recommend this one. I also really loved that book. Um, And I am just looking at the description of it. So I'm like, okay, things that are safe to say. Uh, This is basically about this small town in Montana, uh, very like God-fearing community as it says in the description, and it houses a conversion camp. Uh, and so that is where I will leave things. Uh, but it was so good. Kind of like spooky, definitely a scary read. I feel like this is one of those times where you all talking about how much you like this book, put it on my TBR when it would have been like maybe a 
on the fence, right? Like never like a no, I would not read that. But I just have been reading less YA the older I get. And so I was like, well, I don't know. And then Kristen was like, oh, my gosh, it's so good. And then Holly's loving it. So now it's more permanently on my TBR. So. Yep. As Kristen said, I think about personal recommendation. And when like we all start talking about it or reading stuff, I'm much more susceptible than if I see like a TikTok about it. Um. Anyone else have books that they think were worth the hype for them? Um, yes. I want to talk about Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry, uh, which was a book that I first came across on TikTok. It was one that I had never heard from because it was independently published. Those books tend to be a little, uh, they're just not talked about as much. So I wasn't seeing it on any lists. I wasn't seeing it covered in, you know, library journal or anything like that. And then I was just very intrigued. This is a cozy fantasy about Viv, who is an orc who decides she's going to stop adventuring up a coffee shop, but she's opening it in a city where no one knows what coffee is. So she has this like having to explain what this new beverage is. And then she's basically just starting off and making a coffee shop where no one, no one gets it. And she makes friends and it is just a lovely, lovely read that made me feel so good. And the characters are all so perfect. I loved them so much. And the second book is coming out, I think towards the end of this year. Yeah, I think it's November, and I think it's a prequel about Viv. Um, yeah, I, I'm just going to second this book because it is a delight. It's like a yeah. it's like a hug in a book. Oh, basically. that's the perfect way of putting it. Also, I listened to the audiobook and uh, Travis reads it, and I was like, oh no, sometimes that can go poorly when an author reads their own book. But Travis Baldry is actually an audiobook narrator. So he was incredible. He did voices for every character and they, it really made this book even better. So Maria, if you haven't listened to it, I'd say maybe this one's worth a second read and you should listen to it. No, that's good to know. I, I forgot that he was, he has narrated other audiobooks, but that's awesome. I love different voices and this is a type of book for that type of different voice for different characters makes a huge difference. I think. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I'm going to make us talk about somebody that I know we've all read and I feel like their hype is only growing is Emily Henry. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. 
We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. I feel like all of her books, like the more she has success, the more happy I am. And the more I want her to keep publishing things. So for that, I don't feel like I'm dissuaded, but I don't know if that's just like bias. (laughs) If she maintains just, I don't, I don't necessarily feel like each book is better and better. I sort of have my order in which I like them, Yeah, but you know, when, when someone you really love that's written one or two or three books that you have a lot of feelings about keeps going, there's always that risk of it falling short of your expectations. And, um, so I'm not nervous about that with her. (laughs) I think, um, she's proven she's, she's personally proven herself to me. So, (laughs) um, can't wait for her next one next spring. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's true as well. Like we've, she has a good track record. So even though like the more successful she gets, the more of her books are like optioned into film and TV and stuff to me, that doesn't turn me off to what else she has because everything she's done has been good in its own way. So I do think that there are some authors that stand out uh, when we're talking about hype. Um, Kristen, I know you mentioned this on our notes and I'm going to make you talk about it quickly before we talk about the opposite. Um, but one of the books you mentioned that you thought was worth the hype is The Dowry of Blood by S.T. Gibson. And I want to talk about this really quickly because it was so good and creepy and weird. It is so good and creepy and weird. (laughs) Um, (laughs) it is basically a retelling of Dracula, but from the point of view of Dracula's first vampire wife. Mm -hmm. So it is this feminist retelling about this woman who falls in love with Dracula. He turns her and then they go through the centuries together and she is just enamored with him for the longest time until she is not. And it's also so cool. And it's about him starting relationships with other people and marrying other people. And so it becomes this polyamorous kind of story. And it is just so good. The main character was so interesting. And you have all of these different historical settings. It was fantastic. I saw it all over book talk and was finally like, you know what? I need to pick this one up. I'm so happy I did. It's the perfect season to be reading this book. So I highly recommend this one. Emma, what were your thoughts on it? I agree. I thought it was such a like weird and unique premise because a lot of the obviously Dracula stuff we get is like from his perspective or like the hunter's perspective or whatever. And so this, I just thought was so 
good and creepy to have it be from his first wife's perspective. And I also like how in the book, like time is obviously not an issue. They're just immortal. And so they can just like keep reinventing themselves and live in different, you know, cities and towns through all the different time periods. And so that I also thought was really interesting where like certain chapters span like 50 years. And then like suddenly we're in Europe doing this other thing. And like the, the plague is no longer the primary concern. We've moved on to like modern times. So I thought that was really interesting. And then everything sort of told, I think it's like from a diary perspective. Yeah. If I remember, Mm -hmm. but definitely a good time to pick this book up. If you're interested in a hypey book and I'm pretty sure she's got a few more new things coming out. But I think we'll see hype once those things are like closer. I'm being really helpful as a book person, but um, (laughs) I think we're still too far out to see anything of her new stuff. We've talked a little bit about books that we really enjoyed were worth the hype. I want us to very kindly talk about books that we did not feel lived up to the hype. And I will caveat by saying that obviously all books are for their like own readers. Everyone will find what they're looking for. And so when we're talking about some of these books, we are going to talk about why they weren't for us or why they sort of fell short of the hype, which I do think is easy to do if something is so oversaturated. It just by the nature of everyone saying it's amazing, it's amazing. Um, it it can, as Holly said, not quite live up to that expectation. So let's talk about some books that did not live up to the hype, which I think is better than saying they were garbage. (laughs) First book that comes to mind for me, this will be controversial, is The Summer I Turned Pretty Books. I don't think they live up to the hype. (laughs) Go off. I haven't read them. I haven't read them. I read them like 10 years ago and I don't remember. So that might be saying something. I, I will say I adore Jenny Han. I think for me, I did not read them at the time that they were like set. They came out in the like late 2010s, 10, like 2010. Um, so I did read them after the show had come out because duh, you're like, oh, I should read the book. I love the show. It's so good. Um, for me, it did not translate, but I do think this happens if you see or like consume one medium before the other. So like I saw the show, I very much liked the way the show did it. And then I was like, mm, the book isn't quite the same. So I think that's for me where the the struggle came is I wanted the book to be the show and it's not. Didn't so meet those expectations. It didn't. And also like, it's a little bit unhinged. <laughs> it, it like the whole premise is a little bit unhinged. Like she's in love with two brothers and she kind of just goes back and forth, back and forth mm-hmm. through college. And like, that's the, there's still like back and forth, back and forth. And so I, I don't know to me, it's like, I don't know that I buy that you would be able to go between two brothers for like years it it kind of reminds yeah it kind of reminds me of sometimes what like you and i will talk about emma if we read like um maybe a romance that wasn't like a contemporary rom-com that wasn't our favorite it's like it's not believable how 
poor your communication is or how indecisive you're being. Like it's literally just not realistic or believable in any way. So I feel mm-hmm. like that that kind of has that vibe to it a little bit. Yeah. And I think also to give it credit, like it is a book about teenagers written for teenagers. And so right. I do admittedly struggle as an adult with some YA books where I know it's realistic for that age group, yeah. but it's so unrealistic for me that I'm like, no, this is annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're skipping it. I, we could solve this by like a brief conversation. Um, and then we wouldn't have this captured, back and forth. <laughs> I think you've captured aging out of reading YA a little bit, Emma. It is yeah. definitely, I feel like as I get older, I used to read so much YA. And as I get older, I'm just like, talk to each other. But that's not yeah. how it is when you're a teenager. You can't do that. It's so hard. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, I for right, for our age group, I do think some of these teen books that are so hyped it's maybe just they're not meant for us. <laughs> what else did people find maybe a little bit disappointing when they were expecting it to be great? I hate to say this, <laughs> but, but I'm going to. Um, red, white, and royal blue uh, did not meet my expectations. Mm-hmm. Again, how many like gay book podcasts have I done? with Emma, you and Joe and everything. Um, this, I just, I'm really a character person too. And I really didn't like Henry or Alex. I thought Henry was boring. Alex was a brat. Um, they had some friends like, you know, secondary characters that I think, um, carry the story a little bit more for me, but yeah, I just, I didn't like either of them. So I didn't really care what they did. Um, the politics were also, I, I don't know. I mean, you have to, she had to make a choice. She has to write things a certain way, but that felt a little weird at points. Um, it wasn't enough chili peppers for me (laughs) either. Um, and it could have been like a hundred pages shorter. So those are just kind of the main points I've really wanted to like it. I also read One Last Stop and have some of the same thoughts about yeah. that. I was going to mention I, I DNF'd mm-hmm. One Last Stop. I think Jane did too. Didn't we talk about this? You Jane? know, I finished it. Um, but I just, it, it never really paid off for me. I wanted to like it so much. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. never got there for me. It felt, I I liked Red, White, and Royal Blue. I don't know if I'd like reread it or anything, but I enjoyed it. But I felt that the same thing that you were saying, it could have been shorter. That's kind of what I felt with One Last Stop. I was like, I feel like I've been reading this a long time. And I think, I think I just at this point have to be done for myself, you know? Um, So I I definitely, I get, I've, I've DNF'd a couple books that just feel like they're too long for what the plot is and how the relationships are going. See, and I think that that's a fair critique when something just does not meet your expectations or is not to your taste. Um, because mm-hmm. I think that's the thing when books are so hyped or they're so oversaturated. I find that a lot of people just say, it's amazing, it's amazing, but then don't go into any specifics. Yes. So you're really just going off of like, oh, that person recommended it. It's on this list. It's on this list. And then that's really easy, I think, for it to not be your kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's, 
I think there's a difference between a book that's amazing because it's highly readable mm-hmm. and a book that's amazing because it's life-changing, you know, and not every book has to be life-changing, mm-hmm. but there are some books that it's like, it's amazing because I sat down and read it in one sitting, but it didn't, you know, it didn't resonate with me for the rest of my life. And so there's, there's just different yeah. and everybody reads for different reasons. And some, we all read for different reasons at different times too. So I think that's a good point. Now I am going to make us all talk about a book that I think, except I didn't read it. Cause I, again, like got, I like refused on principle. Uh, Cause it was like, no, I can't. Um, and I also hate book clubby type things, <laughs> but his ice planet barbarians, because this book, we Girl, obviously yeah. saw like, we saw it explode on TikTok. We obviously saw the uptick of people wanting it at the libraries. So we like saw it in our our day-to-day lives. And then I think it made the rounds of this group of everyone reading Ice Planet Barbarians, even though I have it and didn't read it. What was everyone's thoughts on that book? Okay. So I'm going to (laughs) start. And I have to say, I actually really enjoyed this book. And I remember finishing it and immediately wanting the second book. Um, but then I think I told Holly to read it. Holly read it and she was like, hey, um, really problematic stuff in there. And I was like, oh, yes, there sure was. And I had just like those things happened at the beginning and those things are um, sexual assault. And so that's not cool. And as I thought about it some more, I was like, kind of ruins this book for me. As much as I enjoyed the rest of the novel, it's the beginning with the things that are happening are just so problematic and unnecessary that it, it upon further looking at this, I'm just like, okay, yeah, we're done recommending this book. And I don't know why more people weren't talking about how problematic mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, I, I read say, it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're fine. Go on. Oh, I was going to say I read it as well, and like overall, I it was better than I thought it was going to be, and that's my own like preconceived judgment with you know self published authors or romance that seems like it has a weird premise or whatever. But um, yeah, the beginning, I was like for a second, I was like, I don't know if I should continue to read this because that made me really uncomfortable, and the rest of it, like. You said, Kristen, like, it wasn't all like that, but it was like, why did it have to start like that? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. You could have just had it as, like, these women got abducted by aliens, and that would have been enough to probably make the women who are there have all sorts of issues and problems. Yeah, that's enough trauma. Yeah, that's That's enough trauma. trauma. (laughs) Yeah. I will say I appreciate that I feel like this book has opened up a lot of readers to the fact that there is a whole different genre of romance out there that is not human and human, uh, which is really fun. There's so Mm -hmm. many like human and centaur, human and alien, you know, whatever you feel, it is out there for you. And I think Mm -hmm. Ice Planet Barbarians was the tip of the iceberg for some people. (laughs) <laughs> Get it, Ice Planet, Iceberg. <laughs> um, I I will say, yeah, I it was the first time I had read a book that was not like that was like a paranormal romance or like whatever, like a fantasy romance, sci-fi romance that was a romance, and it definitely opened me up to being like maybe more open. Like 
do I want to try the Katie Robert with the dragon that has two of a certain appendage? Why, yes, I will read that book. And I probably wouldn't have done that before. And that one was quite enjoyable as well. Worth the hype? I'm not going to say that, but if you <laughs> like that type of book, I think it is enjoyable. Yes. I, I, I read the second one in the series. So that's that's saying something that one ha- it involves a kraken, if anyone's interested. It's a good thing I muted myself for that whole conversation. I've just been over here cackling. You can probably see me on Zoom just throwing <laughs> my head back in laughter. Um, remembering reading Ice Planet Barbarians and the discussions we had about it. <laughs> And I think what's interesting about that book as well is like, I saw it all over social media. I think like Kristen said, where people realized that these kinds of books existed and they like had not previously even explored that there's like, there are a lot of different tropes and things within the romance genre because I didn't hear anything about it other than like, it's spicy and it has aliens. And so obviously like that really doesn't set the bar any which way. (laughs) Um, And then I think can either go how I expect it to go or go in a direction that I'm not super keen on. Um, But he did pull up its Goodreads and I'm cackling at some of the reviews. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are there any books that y'all will not read on principle just because you've seen them too many times? Because I think this is funny and I have, I know that there's one title that we're all going to be like, no, I can't. We saw it on too many lists. It was just too big at the library. Uh, I refuse to read it ever just for my own stubbornness. And so I'm going to make us talk about some of those ones. Yeah, I think, I mean, I know I've said this since like it came out, but I I refuse to read Where the Crawdads Sing. I just, I just won't read it. I don't want to see the cover. I, I don't I want to have anything to do with it. Over it. Yeah. I, I Same. <laughs> I read it before it was published. I had like an arc of it. Um, gosh, back in what, like 2017, 2018. I don't even know anymore. Um, was really excited about it. And then as soon as I finished reading it, I couldn't even remember any of the characters. I couldn't remember anything that happened. Uh, the stakes were very low. I felt. Um the character was weird. There were a lot of contradictory things, I thought. Um, so since then, anyone who has brought it up, I have given my thumbs down recommendation. I think an interesting thing with it too, like um, hearing you say that, Holly, is that like so many people read it because it was so hyped. And I know even just from people I know who have been like, have you read this or whatever? And and they like confess. I've had at least half of my friends who have read it are like, I have to tell you, like, I didn't really enjoy it. And they almost feel like guilty about not enjoying it because it was such a bestselling book. It's like, that's cool. Just because it's a bestselling book doesn't mean you have to like it because you decided to read it. So that one, I feel like especially went either way um, for people. and and it was interesting to see people feel almost like apologetic for not liking it. Um, I mean, I have more to say about that as far as like me hyping up a book that nobody likes. Um, But it's like, no offense taken, man. It's cool. It's funny how sometimes like reading a certain book um, becomes kind of like social currency. How if you haven't read it, everybody's like, well, you have to. And it's like, 
Mm-hmm. It's almost like it doesn't matter if you like it. You need to know what it is and be aware of it. Um, like The Help was kind of like that back in the day. And there have just been kind of books like that where it's not even really about the contents of the book. It's just that you have to be in that cultural moment and you have to read it. Like Da Vinci Code and, you know, things like that. Like it's just – and it's it's interesting because you get peer pressured into it. And then you're like, I don't even like this. Why am I doing this? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. That is such a good point. Like you just need to be in the know and it doesn't really matter what your thoughts were on the book. It's just so that you're not left out of like yeah, the and I feel like conversation. women often women often get pressured into this. This is like a, a cultural thing, weirdly. I think that's true. That's so interesting though. And that could like be a whole other thing uh <laughs> to talk about. And and I'm going to put y'all on the spot. So if we need a minute to compose, I'll just cut out silence. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask if there are any books that you're really excited to read the rest of this year, like anything that's been buzzy on your radar that you're like super looking forward to coming out. I, that's a, that's a, I love this question. Um, we were just in a Simon & Schuster title presentation yesterday. I think most or all of us, and they were talking about a book um, by Melissa Broder, who wrote The Pisces and um, another novel since then that I didn't read, but I did read The Pisces. I was very excited about that one too, before it came out and I wound up really not enjoying it. It was very off-putting, but her new one coming out, Death Valley, um, is a novel, but it seemed um sort of memoiry a little bit and you guys know that's my favorite genre so i think i'm going to give it a try um that one comes out in october this fall so you know i <laughs> cried ads was finally enough the the book that burned me where i won't finish a book now um if i if it's been hyped and i start reading it and i don't like it i won't waste my time but I'm going to give Melissa Broder another chance and see if um, Death Valley lives up to the hype because it's already getting a lot of really good reviews. I am going to say one of my favorite authors, Rachel Harrison, has a new book coming out called Black Sheep. And Rachel Harrison is such a fantastic writer. Um, I cannot wait for this book. It has kind of like culty, like family, weird things happening in a small town, which is all things that I in a book. I cannot wait for this one because again, Rachel Harrison is a must buy author for me. Um, and I, I just, yeah, I'm so excited. I think this book sounds so good. I'm glad you mentioned that one. Yay. Shout out Rachel. Uh, if you're a Rachel Harrison fan, you will have hopefully already listened to our interview with her and Clay McLeod Chapman when this episode comes out. So yay, Black Sheep. Kristen, re- remind me to bring you my copy because I have two. Please, <laughs> please. Yeah. All right. What um, else is everyone looking forward to? Um. Okay. So this is, again, it's hyped up in the genre that I read. Um, but there is a new installment of the Murderbot Diaries coming out in November by Martha Wells. And I just like can't tell you how, what an enjoyable 
time it has been listening through all of the Murderbot diaries uh, in the past. I think I started, I, I probably read the first one two years ago. Um, and uh, every installment is, you know, you're like, okay, how, how much can they do with this, this Murderbot character and his group of pseudo friends. Right. Um, but she just keeps coming up with like great scenarios, like the sci-fi, like kind of politicky adventure, but make it, fun with sassy characters but also emotional depth it's like everything that you could have wanted i can't believe i almost cried because like i thought like a research transport that has like sentient power was like dead quote unquote you know like that kind of stuff that's not a that's like a spoiler from like book two or three so don't come at me um but uh i'm very excited for this installment um comes out soon i the audiobook is read by Kevin R. Free, and I just think he does the absolute best job. So um, I am hyping this up in my mind. It's usually hyped up a lot by sci-fi readers, but I am I'm really, really pumped to re- to listen to it for sure. I will oh, and say- it's I'm sorry, it's called System Collapse. I didn't say the title. I realized. Sorry, Kristen. (laughs) No, I was just going to say that uh, I read All Systems Red, which is the first book in this. I listened to it because Maria had hyped it up so much. (laughs) And it was 100% worth the hype. I love Murderbot. He is such a just like comedic and like interesting character. It's so much fun. Yeah, and and it's also like a low commitment, high reward because most of the books are short. Um, like I don't know, the audiobook's probably four hours usually, except for yeah, like I one, think I got through like a full like length a novel. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's also like, yay! I I'm so productive. I finished an entire book today. You know, like that sort of thing. It's kind of fun. I love that. And Jane, is there anything you're super excited to read this fall? Yes, I have a couple. Um, first of all, Aperna Nonchurla has a book coming out called Unreliable Narrator, um, Me, Myself, and Imposter Syndrome. Um, she's a comedian. She's been on a bunch of shows and written for a bunch of stuff. And I just find her so hilarious. I cannot wait for this one. Um, I wanted to get an arc of it, but I want to listen to it on audio. So I've been waiting. Um, and then in the same vein, actually, is another um, nonfiction adult pick, um, Catelyn Moran's new book, What About Men? Um, everything that Catelyn puts out, I just devour. I love her. I think she's wonderful. Um, she writes, she's British and she writes about, um, just modern society and feminism and, um, her, her insight is just, it's spot on. I love it. And usually she narrates the books and has the most delightful accent. Um, so I'm just looking forward to both of those, but I'm waiting until they come out on audio. So I am going to get them when they're live. <laughs> nice. Yay. So I feel like we rounded this out nicely with books we are excited for, books that we are hyping uh, or have we've succumbed a little bit to the hype. Um, I'm going to toss out two books that don't really need mention that are coming out this fall that I'm excited about only because I have them sitting here. Um, so the first one is Cassandra Clare's Swordcatcher. I am intrigued uh, by this, you know, new adult fantasy series. Mm -hmm. And then similarly, I'm looking forward to reading Throne of the Fallen by Carrie Maniscalco. I don't know if that's how you say her name and I fail to pronounce it every time. 
Um, but she has, this is her adult debut uh, in a new romantic fantasy series. So she wrote the kingdom of the wicked books and so on. So I'm very much looking forward to some new adult fantasy series this fall. And I just, I just okay. realized, sorry. Oh my gosh. You were probably wrapping up, but I'm just going to nope. keep talking. Cause keep talking. You know, well, I was just realized, I don't know. I can't believe I didn't like say this, but I'm currently reading fourth wing, which is an extremely hyped book. Yeah. And so I am enjoying it thoroughly. Um, am I, did I go into the, with the expectation I was literally going to do nothing else? Like someone was going to literally have to be like, Maria, you probably need to like use the restroom, like stop reading this book. But it's not at that level for me, but mm-hmm. it is really great. Um, so I'm, I've been enjoying that. I, I, I think I hyped it up even more in my head than the actual hype, but. I'm I'm enjoying it very much and I probably only have about I don't know 100 pages left. So, um that's been that's been a delightful one that I've have not gotten sick of seeing um or reading. So. And that I think was so unexpected that it literally was sold out to the point where you could not yeah. find a copy uh-huh. of that book. It exploded. Mm-hmm. So, crazy. I am really looking forward the second book I'm actually quite excited that we don't have to wait that long I know it's like comes out in November right Mm -hmm. wow this is great timing for me too I'll finish it in a little bit I won't forget every single thing that's happened by reading like 10 books in between yeah so sometimes maybe where the hype is to our benefit because then we get the next book sooner like we're getting two books in the same year true (laughs) oh I think so with that I want to say thank you for coming to chat about book hype. Uh, I hope people enjoy this sort of different style of podcast episode where we just generally chat about bookish e-things and throw out some recommendations and then maybe some non-recommendations. Thank you, Maria, Jane, Holly, and Kristen for coming to chat on Pro Book Nerds. Thanks for having us. Happy reading. Thanks, Emma. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer and Joe Skelly and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.